What incredible weather lately, huh? Yeah, none of you are all enthusiastic about it. I know it's been really hot. I'm one of those um, weirdos who like hot weather. I think it's been great, but it's summertime. And uh, that means a lot of different things. Sun is um, shining, it's warmer out, and we have longer days. Longer days. Um, In just two weeks, uh, June 21st, we'll experience the longest day of the year, summer solstice. And I know that that's really a great thing that many of us enjoy, to be able just to get outside, to have more time to do things. And I know there's a lot of things that you probably enjoy doing and and take the time during the summer to enjoy. Maybe gardening. People like to garden. Maybe golf. We got any golfers? None. Okay, a couple. There we go. Golfers, you, you, you like to get out and maybe play softball or baseball. I've seen a lot of that going on at the fields right down the road. All kinds of different things. Fishing. Anybody like to fish? Yeah, I used to be a fishing nut. Every, every chance and every moment I got, I would be out fishing. I was really blessed with a place to go that uh, I was able to catch a lot of fish at. I really enjoyed it. And now I still like to fish. I do it a lot more just to to kind of relax and unwind. Um, it, it's really a great thing that, that is a part of my life. And maybe you can exp- uh, relate to that as well. Maybe it's not fishing. Maybe it's something else that you do. But I, 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 I know this, that when I get out and I go fishing, and, and I don't need to necessarily catch fish anymore, but is this not true? So you think about something that you like to do, again, whether it's gardening or golfing or playing tennis or something, whatever it is that you like to do. Isn't it better, and I'm thinking of fishing right now, isn't it better when you catch something? Yeah, I don't mind getting out and going in the boat, but when you catch something and if it's a really nice one, it's like, woo, just makes it all that much better, right? That's true because there's a reason I'm out in the boat. There's a reason they call it fishing, just like playing ball. You're doing, there's purposes defined for what activity, what it is that you're going out and you're doing it. I got a big thought for you. Are you ready? Everybody awake? Here's the big thought. Did you know that you are supposed to be fishing? Yeah, not for fish. Fishing for people, for men, for women. It's always fishing time as followers of Jesus. If you've been given the grace of God, you have a purpose. And it is fishing time. We're called to be salt and light. I think of the words of Matthew 5, 16, about seasoning and shining lights. It says this, in the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Always fishing time, always time to season and to shine. Do you give much thought to that? I want to share a simple story with you this morning, a simple story. 
but one that has a couple of truths in it that apply to each and every person who was a follower of Jesus. And if you're not there yet, I, I hope you just listen and you hear and you think about what it is that God presents in this simple story, simple truth that is profound and makes a difference, transforms hearts and lives by his presence and by his word and by his call. The story is about the calling of the first disciples. It's found in Matthew 4. I'm just going to read verses 18 to 22. So open up your hearts and hear the word and the truth of God. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. This is the word of God, might it be written in our hearts, lived in our lives. This story is shared in Mark 1, verses 16 to 20, and then again in Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. And uh, uh, sharing in Mark is almost verbatim as what we read here in Matthew. The count in Luke adds... Um, that they were fishing and that Jesus called them, but he had them throw a net over the side of their boat and it became so full of fish it almost started to sink. But a simple story. And, and I want you to think, though, about um, what is, is happening in this story. There's a couple of things, just a couple of things that happen that I find incredibly interesting. In that I hope what, as you read it and you think about it, because they're kind of like head scratchers, that you, you think about the depth of it and what's behind them. And we're going to fill in those gaps this morning as we look at it. So I, I just want you to picture that. So Jesus is, is out in the morning, and, and he's just walking along the Sea of Galilee right on the shoreline. Just walking along, enjoying the morning. He's walking, and he comes up. To, first to Simon and Andrew, and then a little bit later, James and John. And he calls them. We read that in verse 18 and again in verse 21. Here's the question. Why them? Why Simon and Andrew? Why James and John? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, maybe at first glance you think, well, it's just a chance encounter, right? Is that really true? I mean, with Jesus walking along, and he sees them, and he says, just in his mind, or he thinks, they'll do. Yeah, they look like they're really good hard workers. They're out there fishing hard. They got some good attributes. I, 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 think, I think it'll be okay. Those guys will be all right. Was that what it was? As he's walking along and, and he stops 
Is he looking them over and just wondering about, you know, uh, or was it something more? Why Simon and Andrew, why James and John? Are you connecting the dots a little? See, this is your story. Why you? Well, if you really know about Jesus and you read the Gospels and you pay attention to what's going on all the way through, so so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read and you see what it is that Jesus does and who, who he is, you realize that this is not a chance encounter. Jesus was always doing what? He he was always praying. He was always seeking the will of his heavenly Father. Sometimes we can read the Gospels and we kind of just sweep by some of those things. There was purpose attached to everything that he did, where he went, who he was, what he did, always. And so I want to submit to you that this is not a chance encounter. It just isn't how you read it that in terms of at first glance, he's walking along and says, oh, hey, by the way, come and follow me. Oh, no, this was a God-ordained moment. See, Jesus had been praying about those gentlemen and others for a very long time. He knew his purpose for coming to earth. Who, who it is that God, and he'd been praying about that. Who, who is it that you're going to lead me to? Who is it that you want me to teach, to mentor, to come alongside of, to make disciples of? Who? Praying about it, thinking about it. This was no chance encounter. This was not a random act. This was planned, God-ordained. Simple story, but powerful truth and you again random encounter with God that he came to you and spoke to you we're speaking now is it an accident that he revealed his grace to you when he did? Have you ever asked yourself the question, why me? I know I have. Now, for all of you, it could have been because you're so great and so awesome, right? Yeah, don't get your head too big. Romans 3.23 says what? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then you think of the words of Ephesians 2.8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. This not of yourselves, the gift of God. Not by works. Then you know the last line, lest anyone should boast. See, God didn't pick you because you were an incredible person, even though you are. Because you're so fantastic and so wonderful. 
He chose his grace and revealed Jesus Christ to you, if that's true for you. And if not, I want you to think about that more. Because he loved you. Grace, sheer grace. And because he has a purpose for creating you, for redeeming you, for gifting you, and for calling you. And that purpose has to do with fishing. More on that in a moment. That's the first thing that I find incredibly interesting. This is not a random act, preordained. You read that and it kind of comes off that way, but that's not the case. There's something else that happens, right? Jesus gives a call. What else happens in just these four short verses? Do you remember? Can you look at it and see? He, he gives the call, and then what happens? What's their response? They say yes. And so I wonder what I think about that, and I think, oh, okay, so why Simon and Andrew, why James and John, but then this too? Why then did they immediately follow him? And that word is right in the text. It's correct translation of the Greek. You read for Simon and Andrew the words at once, at once. For James and John, it's immediately. And isn't that interesting? Doesn't that kind of like make you wonder? I mean, think about this for a minute. And again, you know, just like in terms of calling the call because of who a person is, it just... God's purposes and plans your grace, but then so too following. Remember, did they know Jesus at this time? They might have heard of him, but they didn't know him. This is before Jesus did any miracles. This is before Jesus taught them, came alongside of them. Before all of that. He come, and then he gives them a call, and, and we read that, at once, Immediately. I think that's pretty profound, pretty amazing that that would be what was true. Now, granted, that maybe there's a little more dialogue, a little more discussion, but, but the import and the truth is at once immediately. In other words, not a whole lot of debate. This was the decision that they made in the moment to follow Jesus, to take him up on his word. And not only did they not know Jesus, think about them. Think about their lives. See, we, we often can't get outside of our own personal context, but these guys, this is what they knew. They were fishermen through and through. This was their livelihood. This was their income. This is what they had spent their whole lives learning to do from their fathers. Their father is with the James and John's father is with them. Their career, their livelihood, this is it. And so doesn't it strike you odd that you hear that and you're at once immediately? Well, maybe. See, they didn't have any, Jesus didn't have a LinkedIn thing and he wasn't, you know, and all over the internet, opportunities, correct, come, follow Jesus, be a disciple. That wasn't there. 
all of the things that you hear that are there for you and I in terms of, of choices and things in terms of careers and stuff. And if you're in high school or college and you're thinking about those things, there's none of that. Jesus just says, come and follow me and be too. Why? Faith. Sheer faith. See, God revealed who it is that Jesus was in that moment. They made the decisions in their hearts. Faith, God blessed them with it to pick up their feet and follow him. So back to your story, your heart your choices. Hmm. As a follower of Jesus. I, I think about that. How we live our lives. What it is that we choose to do. What we think is important in this thing called life. What we make of it. think about the call that God gives to everybody he reveals his grace to to be fishers of men people to be and I just want to share those two simple things out of this simple story that are so profound and real for each one of us and to have you think about it and process it why me and what does it mean to follow and look like picking up my feet and being with Jesus and letting him lead me in life? Forgiver of sins, Lord, leader in life. And what am I making my life out about? I want to submit to you that you have been called for great things. For things bigger than what this world suggests. Think about it. God did not come to earth. He did not send Jesus here. And I want you to think, about. take no offense about what I'm just to say. It's true. He did not create you in your mother's womb. He did not give you the gift of his grace. He did not gift you with spiritual gifts or call you to be, to, to do something like make more money to get a good education, a good job, to live a comfortable life, to seek prestige and power, fame, whatever it is. He did not come to earth for those reasons. He came to give you life, and life like you've never lived it. Best life ever in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? What does it look like? I wonder sometimes if we can't put the pieces together because it's so foreign distractions, all of the things that the world says and suggests, this is what it's about. This is who you need to be. This is what you need to follow, chase, and pursue your whole life. But then what does God say? You know, he, he fills our world. That's what is so amazing. It's a beautiful world, isn't it? 
being able to fish, lakes, all of the things that you love to do and enjoy and recreate with, all good and great things. Those are not to be pushed aside. He gave those to us to enjoy, but purpose and reason. See, whatever it is that we fill our days and our times with, they're not of him. He's got better things planned. Things more powerful, things more majestic, things more incredible than anything we can wrap our brains around. Kingdom things. Think about that. Kingdom things. All the things of this earth will fade away, rot, poil, and spare us. We read in 1 Peter 1. The only thing that remains are the things of God. The rest of it's all going to be gone in a blink of an eye. And he revealed his grace to you for kingdom things. Things that will last forever. And that's why he revealed his grace and wants to reveal it to you. So you'd understand and know your purpose in him in a real and powerful personal relationship to be filled with the presence of his spirit. That's the story he wants you to write with your life. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21 says this. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Incredible truth out of a simple story. Jesus walking on the shoreline, seeing, calling, a response. You know the rest of the story for them, right? In that moment, they had no idea what awaited them. Not a clue. They did not know where this story was going to go. But they did pick up their feet and follow, and they did walk in faith. What about you? Do you know where your story is headed, how it's going to end, what you're going to experience. Maybe some things, perhaps, possibly, although that can change in a heartbeat, right? God just wants you to know he's got plans. You have great worth and purpose. He wants you to catch that. He wants you to catch who it is that you are, who it is that he, again, created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be. So that this life that you live will be filled with purpose and be the best life ever. It's always time to go fishing. Yeah. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for your word and your truth.
Lord, even um, as I think about the words in the song, Build Your Kingdom Here. Lord, help us not to be short-sighted. To think of tomorrow or next week or even five, ten years from now. But help us to think and to see we do arise. To think kingdom. To think forever. To think the joys and the blessings of being in your presence and experiencing a place that there's no close second in terms of being there. Heaven. And what that would mean to be there. Again, as the song says, we can only imagine you are an incredible God. I thank you for the privilege of serving you. We celebrated that with the homeschool, um, to see the opportunities, to see the blessings that you can bring into our heart and our life. We reach out and just be. So, Lord, shake us up a little bit. Help us to look in our own hearts and think about purpose, about calling, about responding and following, and about faith and what that looks like. I thank you for your word and your truth. I thank you for all that is and all that will be, for you are an awesome and incredible God. And it is in your name that we pray.